So uh, yeah, my, my, my name is Jonathan. A lot of people just call me Jana. Uh, born and raised in Amsterdam. Uh, still live in Amsterdam. Nice. Uh, pretty much started in hospitality when I was one day 16. Then my uh, sister hired me as, uh, as he called it, a terrace slave. Uh, as a young waiter who just had to work <laughs> on a very busy terrace in, a, in the smack city of Amsterdam next to the museum district. Uh, I'll never forget my first order. Free hot chocolates with whipped cream for table 17. Came to the table, threw them all over the table. Destroyed a Nokia 3310, <laughs> which was the newest phone back then. So, yes, I'm old as well. Uh, Sorry for laughing. Yeah, yeah. We, we've with all, a lot of respect. We've though. all been there. Yes. Uh, my sister was the manager, my brother was the bartender, and they were all laughing at me when it happened. Uh, thankfully, it got better from there. Uh, I kept working there for many years. Uh, my sister opened up her own bar eventually, uh, started working there as well. I traveled a lot. Uh, went all over the world from uh, from Asia to South America. Eventually, I came back and I decided I should study something and I started studying business which uh, I did not like at all okay but uh, I did have to do an internship and I just managed not to be on time to getting an internship anywhere uh, and then through a friend of mine he got me I uh, said I know this uh, catering company and they look for internships now this internship didn't really match for a business school at all but for some reason they the the university allowed it uh, and they allowed it and this was a, a company called the fabulous shaker boys People were thinking I was working for a mill stripping company. No, this was a... <laughs> does have a kind of a yeah. vibe off of it. We had a big band saying the fabulous shaker boys driving around Amsterdam. I think that's Amsterdam. the whole idea of <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. isn't it? No, it was, a, it was actually a cocktail catering company. And that uh, that uh, got me into cocktails. Uh, really like that. Started working for them. Uh, bartending around a lot of events from the... MTV Music Awards. Uh, they flew me to Chile, South America to make mojitos on top of a mountain once. Uh, crazy events. Uh, like that, eventually became a bar manager at a nice little restaurant in Amsterdam, which had a great cocktail bar as well. And uh, that is where I hired some bartenders who do, did this thing called uh, European Bartender School, which I didn't like at all to do begin with because uh, I thought you don't learn bartending in a school. Just what you said before as well, like so much of what we do in hospitality, it's all about mentality and mindset. I don't, I don't care about your drink. I care about you as a person. I mean, I always say I'd rather have a shit drink from a great personality than a great drink from an asshole. As the owner said of the of the bar school, uh, pretty much it's a, it's a franchise system, and uh, he owned the school in Amsterdam. He said, "If you don't believe in education, what does that say about your own profession?" Well, yeah. okay, fair enough. Uh, and he showed me what they did there. And is that Matt? That is Matt for yeah. yeah. It's a guy who won every competition there is to win. Yeah. He owns a bar now in Amsterdam as well. Uh, yeah, a very, very good bartender. Uh, and we really tried to push for a different type of education than the other schools or, or help to improve all the schools together. So uh, worked there for five years in the end. But it was for me personally, it was a great experience. Uh, like from Balthazar to Vasily, Vasiliev, the Bulgarian. Yeah, uh, Dimitar. Yeah, Dimitar, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the last name. Uh, it yeah. just, it was the hospitality. The whole experience was really good at the school. It was just. Yeah. No, and they, all, all these guys that work there, they all own their own bars now or work in different ways in the industry. Uh, I mean, I trained over 1,600 bartenders. You know, a lot, of, a lot of kids do EBS just to have a fun month and get drunk. But yeah. there is this like. I would say 20% were really there uh, to help them improve their careers. And I mean, you're a great example of that uh, yeah, as really, well. Yeah. And now I have former students. I have uh, from uh, national world-class winners to bar owners uh, to other brand ambassadors who, you know, I had the pleasure to help uh, help out in the first uh, months of their career. 
Dus hij had het pleasure tutorial all my shit jokes to and, uh, and teach him how to make a cocktail. Uh, yeah, for, for that I got in contact with a lot of brands. So I did a lot of brand work for some uh, for the for a lot of other companies. Uh, and eventually there was a competition by Plantation Rum where uh, they challenged different bars to blend your own rum. And we as a bar school could join as well. And uh, everybody got like a small 10 liter barrel where you had to make your own rum blend uh, in and age it for a couple of months. And they sent those samples to the owner to test them and the winner would fly to France. And luckily enough, uh, we won it and we, we went to France because uh, Plantation Rum is owned by a company called Maison Ferrand, yeah. the company I work for now. Uh, and they're a French company. But they also own a distillery in Barbados. Uh, and while we were on the airplane to France, because we won it with EBS and uh, with another bar called Flying Dutchman in Amsterdam, uh, in the airplane they said, yeah, actually the competition is starting right now and the winner will fly to Barbados. Wow. Uh, which was, obviously, we're all like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, very fortunate uh, as well that uh, also won the, the other competition, went to Barbados. This was in February 2020. Talk about timing, you know. Thank God it was in February, not in March. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, and then I said, uh, yeah, uh, to, to the people working for the company, uh, if there's ever any job available at this uh, at this company, I can clean toilets. I don't care. I'll do whatever. <laughs> uh, I would love to work for for it because uh, what I love about Maison Vergaat, it's a family-owned business. There's one single owner, a guy called uh, Alexandre Gabriel, uh, who's a very enthusiastic, absolute. He's 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 batshit crazy. I will say. Uh, he always loves to. Uh, he's our master blender as well. He always loves to do different experience. So uh, we make a lot of cool products uh, for bartenders, uh, and we do a lot of cool experiments. So uh, I've been in this job now for almost two years. Yeah. It's an absolute blast. And this one, I remember, he started really young. And uh, when yeah. Ian mentioned he started really young, his uh, bartending and uh, being an owner, he, as well, I remember he started... Yeah, yeah, the, the, the owner of his own started when he was 22. He started yeah. uh, he started the company. And he, he just bought a couple of barrels of cognac, pretty much. He took over an old cognac house together with somebody else. Uh, started selling cognac, which wasn't very successful. Actually, French people don't really drink cognac. It's more... They drink more cognac in the UK than they do in France. Okay. And France people drink more whiskey than they do in the UK. Very confusing. Uh, and what is nice, uh, eventually he had a little bit of luck selling his cognac to the States. Because this is, uh, now we're looking at like the mid-late 90s, where slowly cocktail culture as we know it now was starting to come up. That people were not just making sex on the beaches and sea breezes, but they were like, oh, a Fiocare, a Sazerac, a Sidecar, all these these classic cocktails where it calls for cognac. So this is bartenders really started to use it and pick up on it. Um, and that is as well, to this day, we always make products for bartenders. That's how I, as a former bartender, get this job as well. You know, bartenders is what made the whole company great. So your main target is bartenders? I mean, in the end of the day, we, uh, our... Uh, I guess we still make more money. I think it's almost any spirits brand out there. You make the the true bucks you make in the liquor stores, you know, in the consumers uh, buying it. But where do you build your brand? And especially for us, we build our brand in the trades, you know, and that's okay. as well. And I'll, of course, it's also good business. Eh? We're still selling bottles. But if you look uh, to to quickly summarize how the company started, so Alexandre started the cognac, uh, started the cognac brand, had some luck selling that. He started a gin brand as well called Citadel, which is very small in the, in Ireland, but we're working on it step at a time. Yeah. But uh, in the late 90s, he started Plantation Rum. And Plantation Rum is what we are now very well known for uh, all around. And this started off with some vintages, just some you know uh, single year expressions, really sipping rums. 
till eventually, uh, especially a guy called Paul McFadden. Paul McFadden is uh, our our guy in the UK, and he's a absolute legend. He is claimed to be the inventor of the snackery, you know, a daiquiri you drink as a shot. Oh, God. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> on, on multiple cocktail menus around the world, there's a Paul McFadden on the cocktail menu, which is just two daiquiris, one to shoot and one to sip. Uh-huh. Uh, classic guy. But anyway, he boosts our owner to make products yeah. for the bartenders. So if you know your plantation free stars, you're pouring rum, packed with flavor, but on a good price point as well, because anybody can make an amazing rum costing 60 euros a bottle, but you need something with a pack with flavor, which you can have in your speed drill for a decent price. Eventually, uh, for Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans, the famous fair, uh, they made a special edition for the for the caps. The caps at Tales of the Cocktail, the people who work there uh, for free, pretty much helping out setting it up. And they made something called Stickin's Fancy Pineapple Rum. And nowadays, Plantation Pineapple is like one yeah. of our most successful products out there. Uh, but that was made for the bartenders there. Okay. Then we get the OFTD, the the overproof rum uh, we make, and I'm not sure if everybody knows what OFTD stands for. On the bottle it says old fashioned traditional dark. Yeah, that's not what it means. It means ah oh, fuck, that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Like that's what some guys on the side. If you look at that bottle, all the guys on the side of the bottle, they're famous bar owners, and they made this together. And this is what a guy called David Wanderers pro- proclaimed when he tasted it. So uh, yeah, we make a lot of cool things now, a lot of cool products for uh, for different people.